0: Hi, guys, this is Mel. And this is Fur. Welcome back to Bullish. This is episode four, and we are so happy to be back. Bet and I have been talking about doing an episode on investments for some time now uh specifically investment strategies but before we even get started with the episode i think we have to say full disclosure this is not us giving investment advice we are not your financial advisors we take no fiduciary responsibility we're not telling you what to invest in or how to invest your money this is just us talking about different types of investments and some very very fundamental terms in finance like short-term versus long-term investments, risk versus return, diversification of a portfolio through index funds, you know, that type of thing.
1: Let's start off by talking about the difference between active and passive investment strategies. Passive investment strategies are mainly considered to be long-term investments, or in other terms, focus on buy and hold, meaning that you're planning to hold the securities you purchase for a long period, regardless of fluctuations in the market that might take place from day to day.
0: Right. So the opposite of this would be active investment, which consists of buying and selling securities based on short term fluctuations to profit from the price movements on a stock. So if you think about a typical Wall Street guy or girl that you think about uh in a movie where you see them with four screens in front of them talking into three different phone lines at the same time, Freaking out over what's happening in the markets or trying to execute a trade, you're probably thinking of an active investor. Their profit or loss margins depend a whole lot on the timing at which they buy or sell a stock throughout the trading day. So I don't really want to say Wolf of Wall Street because their margins depended on something else other than timing, but you get the type. Before we begin to
1: really dive deep into the core of this episode, let's start by understanding something very important when talking about investing: diversification. Diversification is a technique that reduces risk by allocating investments amongst various financial instruments, industries, and other categories. It aims to maximize returns by investing in different areas that would each react differently to the same event for which it is key to any portfolio, especially to reduce the risk of an individual holding. As you have probably seen, several sectors in the market, such as entertainment and consumer staples, have reacted very differently during this pandemic, for which it is better to have holdings in more than one specific security segmentation. Something important to note here is the relationship between risk And return, which is also essential when talking about investments. The higher the risk, the higher the potential return. And some investments are definitely riskier than others.
0: Right. So there's a special relationship between risk and return when we're talking about investments. The riskier an investment is, the greater potential there is for gains, but also for losses. The lower the risk is for the investment, the less probable it is that you'll lose money or that you'll make money. So it works both ways. So that's where the CAPM model comes in, the capital asset pricing model. You guys can look up the formula for the CAPM. It's not super complicated, but we don't really want to get too technical on the pod right now. Just one thing that we wanted to mention is the beta. The reason we wanted to mention this is because you don't need a Bloomberg terminal. You don't need any special access to special programming to find the beta of a stock. You can actually find it on a website like Yahoo Finance or any other website that gives you basic information related to a company's stock. Um, But what I wanted to highlight is that if the beta of a stock is equal to 1, then you can expect the return on that investment is going to be equal to the average return on the market. So in that way, it's used to measure exposure to market risk. So for example, if you were to go on Yahoo Finance right now and look up the beta for a company like Tesla, The beta for Tesla is at 1.7. Well, in comparison, Walmart's beta is at 0.31, which means the potential for gains and losses are greater if you invest in a company like Tesla, which is a tech company, a new company. And they are reduced when investing in a well-established company like Walmart, whose beta is under 1%.
1: Diversification in a portfolio plays a huge role especially as we understand the relationship of risk return and volatility because some stocks in some specific sectors experience more price volatility than others such as smell mentioned with her example of Tesla and Walmart. Therefore to counteract with the effect of specific security or sector and how it reacts to a specific economic cycle portfolio diversification is essential. A way to simplify diversification in your portfolio is through purchasing index funds which spread risk broadly in holding all or a percentage sample of the securities in their target benchmark such as the S&P 500. Index funds track a target benchmark or index rather than seeking winners, so they avoid constantly buying and selling securities, which is more of an active investment strategy.
0: Right, so a lot of passive funds use an index as their benchmark, and because of this, the investor can benefit from very low fees, since there's no investment professional hand-picking individual stocks for their portfolio. Now, transparency is key. Because you want to know exactly which funds or which assets are in these funds. A big benefit of passive investing is that there's not a huge yearly capital gains tax, which is basically the tax that you have to pay if the price at which you bought an asset goes up. Um it's the price difference between what you gained from that uh purchasing that asset, so for long term investments, the rates are dependent on your tax bracket, but we also want to talk about some of the uh, negative aspects of this, some drawbacks are for passive investing are that since you're deciding to buy assets for the long term, investors are locked in no matter what happens in the markets to that specific index or set of securities. So you don't really get to benefit from the short term price fluctuations that active investors benefit from. And another point is that there's a smaller return potential as it has been shown that passive funds will rarely beat the market. That is, of course, unless you're Warren Buffett. So now let's talk about
1: active investing. Since active traders are not following a specific index, they're able to buy stocks they believe to be diamonds in the rough, which... They believe will provide them with higher returns however remember the higher returns you can also expect higher risk associated to them another benefit of active investing is that active managers can hedge which basically is a risk management strategy employed to offset losses and investments by taking an opposite position in a related asset they use various techniques such as put options short sales and others which if you're interested in please let us know in our social media because we would love to expand more on this topics in later episodes these hedging techniques essentially allow active investors to exit specific stocks or sectors when the risk becomes too big, whereas passive managers are stuck with a stock that the index they track hold, regardless of how they're doing during a specific moment in time. This becomes important as we have seen how volatile the market has been in the last couple of months, and many active traders were able to profit from the price's volatility. However, transactions, costs, and fees related to active investments are high, which can really put a burden on your expected return. As well, active strategies have a poor track record, with data showing that very few actively managed portfolios beat their passive benchmarks, especially after taxes and fees are accounted for. Over medium to long timeframes, only a small handful of actively managed mutual funds surpass their benchmark index.
0: Okay, so now that we've explained active and passive investing, let's get into some specific passive investment strategies. The first strategy we're going to talk about is one that both Fed and I followed when we were students in our student-managed portfolio class in college, um, where we helped manage about $2.5 million of our uh, school's endowment. I was in charge of the consumer discretionary and consumer staple sector. Fed was in charge of the materials and tech for a couple of semesters. So the strategy that we're talking about is ESG investing. What is ESG? What does it stand for? ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. So basically, it's a more socially responsible, environmentally conscious way of investing in the market. ESG investing actually started back in the 60s, but has in recent years gained traction with millennial and Gen Z investors who care a lot about social issues. So the way ESG works is they give a company a rating that is not based on cash flows or the financial health of the company, but rather their business practices and how well uh, the business operations adhere to social and environmental responsibility. And they are rated on a scale from triple C to triple A. ESG really focuses on the core practices of the business, and as Fed will talk about in a little bit, how a business operates in terms of leadership, culture, and other practices related to their business model is extremely important when identifying a company with long-term investment potential. Like Warren Buffett said, you not only invest in the stock of the company, you invest in the business as a whole.
1: That is actually the perfect segue to the second passive investment strategy we will be talking about today, which is probably one of the most popular ones and is the one that Warren Buffett sourced by, value investing. Value investing comes from the idea that there is irrationality that exists in the markets, which can lead to the opportunity of purchasing a stock at a discounted price and making money from that purchase. Value investors seek undervalued stocks in which they do not think that the market price of the stock reflects their intrinsic value, which is the calculated value of a security determined through a fundamental analysis which takes different things into consideration for a specific security and its valuation ranging from the state of the economy to industry-specific conditions, therefore macro and microeconomic trends. Think about this as going to your favorite designer store and wanting to purchase a bag, in which the actual price it is being sold at at that specific moment seems to be very high compared to the calculations you made of what it would have cost for it to be produced, taken into consideration, brand recognition, um, the price of the materials, and other things. Therefore, you wait until the handbag goes on sale and you can purchase it at a price that mostly resembles the production cost or cost you would be more comfortable paying based on your calculations. However, this handbag, because of its uniqueness in style, brand, and other factors appreciates or goes up in price over time. So if you hold onto it, sometimes in the future you will be able to sell it for far more than what you purchased it for.
0: Now, you don't have to be an expert at using models to find the intrinsic value of a specific company or stock or security in order to follow the value investing guidelines. There are several value mutual funds that give investors a chance to own a basket of stocks that are thought of by money managers as being undervalued. Mutual funds give individuals or small investors access to professionally managed portfolios of different types of securities. But These shares within the mutual fund do not provide the holder with any voting rights. The Russell 1000 Value Index, for example, is a benchmark that is popular amongst value investors and several mutual funds to replicate the index. In order to make value investing work, you must play the long game. Value investors are proponents of the importance of investing in the big picture and not temporary performance. So, going back to our designer handbag metaphor, you are holding onto your designer handbag, possibly even passing it on to your kids and waiting for its value to grow over time. Also remember
1: that investing is forward-looking, for which value investors' choices are based on trends over decades, but with a future performance mentality. One measure you should look into is the price-earnings ratio, which is the product of dividing a stock's price per share by its earnings per share, which may help identify undervalued stocks. A lower P.E. ratio signifies you are paying less per dollar of current earnings, for which value investors see companies with lower P.E. ratios. This ratio is a good start, but used alone, it is not enough to make purchase decisions and sometimes this can be considered a value trap. Different value and profitability measures combined with momentum should be taken into consideration when picking a specific security to add to a value portfolio.
0: Now, the third and last passive investment strategy that we're going to be discussing today is something that is apparently very popular amongst YouTube investors uh, who have become millionaires and swear by. So if you guys were to YouTube dividend investing, you're probably going to find a bunch of videos online. Dividend investing is a strategy that focuses on buying stocks that pay dividends in order to receive a regular source of income from your investments, in addition to any growth your portfolio experiences as the stock gains value. So what exactly are dividends? Dividends are payments that corporations make to their shareholders from their excess profits, Normally, the excess profits of a company uh, can be reinvested in several ways. So they can be reinvested into the company or they can be redistributed amongst shareholders. Companies that are newer and less established usually reinvest excess profits back into the company. Uh, but more established companies provide shareholders with incentives of payment of dividends.
1: Many companies offer a dividend reinvestment plan, or DRIP, in which you can reinvest the dividends to buy additional shares rather than having them paid out as profits. This is especially useful when your dividends are small, either because the company is growing or because you do not own many shares. One very important thing for dividend investors is dividend safety, or how likely it is that a company will continue to pay dividends that either remain the same or preferably grow in value. An important metric for dividend investors is the dividend payout ratio, which is the percentage of earnings paid to the shareholders in dividends. In general, companies that pay 60% or less of earnings as dividends are safer bets because they can be counted on for predictable. Effectively, dividend safety also is determined by the industry and the risk that specific sectors assume. Let's
0: take Disney as an example. So in our past episodes, we have talked about the impact that COVID-19 would have on the entertainment industry and use Disney as a base case. We mentioned that Disney uh, planned to start their phased reopening In mid-July, however, since cases have been spiking in the U.S., specifically in Florida and California, they have decided to postpone the reopening. This postponement postponement, and temporary park closure has really hurt Disney's operating income by an estimated $1.4 billion, for which the company has decided to suspend its semi-annual dividend payout, which usually is paid out in early July. Typically, a company not making its regular dividend payout sends a red flag very negative signals to investors. However, taking a further look into Disney's financial statements seems to keep investors at ease since many believe that this will be a short-run cash flow effect, which is expected to rally up once the economy is better. With this being said, we want to once again highlight the importance of portfolio diversification. Buying ETFs, which is something we talked about in our first episode, can be very beneficial when trying to diversify your portfolio. There are some high-dividend ETFs, such as Invesco S&P 500, high-dividend, low-volatility ETF, whose ticker as PhD that you guys might want to check out.
1: Being very knowledgeable in the type of securities you're trading and the risk versus reward associated with each is important for both passive and active investing. And we wanted to make a point of really diving deep into the benefits and drawbacks of both strategies since investing has become readily available to everyone through applications like Robinhood or Webull. And as our mission is to provide you with means of information to make your own financial decisions, we think this topic is extremely important since over the last couple months, we have Notice a surge in investing activity by college students and millennials.
0: Exactly. Uh, in the past couple of months, we have seen that there have been a lot of companies that have filed for bankruptcy. And if you guys were to look back to our second episode in which we explained the impacts of Chapter 7 and Chapter 11 bankruptcy, you'll see that there are some pretty hefty risks associated with investing in a bankrupt company.
1: Over the past couple months, we saw her Hertz, who we used as a case study in one of our episodes, experienced a price gain of over 900% between May 26 and June 8, as the number of Robinhood accounts who owned Hertz. Hertz, shares jumped from 43000 to 171000 by mid-June, even though the company had already filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Many of these buyers did not truly understand that the shares could and would probably fall to zero and leave them with a total loss. This
0: is exactly why investing in the market is absolutely nothing like gambling. Every decision you make related to your investments and where your money goes should be very precisely thought out and research that's the point that we wanted to drive with this episode uh, hopefully you learned something new thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, please don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter dm us or message us if you have any questions or topics that you want us to talk about in future episodes and we'll see you guys in two weeks thank you so much for tuning in